and grab a seat. It's wonderful to be with you today. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors on the team. And you might want to grab your notes out of your handout. Very, very excited about what we get to celebrate today. Two years ago, Superman could still beat up Batman. Two years ago, the Seattle Seahawks were world champions. Two years ago, God was birthing this idea of blessing my city in our hearts. If, if those of you who've been around for a long season, you might remember that God had just brought us through a three-year vision, which was called OCC 2012, and there were many great victories that God brought through that vision, but most of those wins were through our international partners. And we felt, the elders, myself, felt that God was calling us into a season where we would actually do some investment locally, some investment just right here at home in our own backyard. And about that time, I had been invited to a meeting at the Union Gospel Mission with a bunch of other pastors in the region, mostly to talk about this issue. What can we do to really bless, to really invest in the greater Seattle region? And while I was there at that meeting, I noticed that there were several scripture up on you know, posters around the room at the Union Gospel Mission. And one of them leapt off of the poster board and into my heart. And it was this. And many of you, by now, you're familiar with this verse. It's from Jeremiah 29.7. It says, Work for the city, work for the good of the city, where I've taken you as captives, and pray to the Lord for that city. When it prospers, you will also prosper. And this verse, this verse became our vision. This verse became our marching orders, that, that we recognize that God was calling us to work for the good of the city that he has placed us in, that we are not in our community by accident. We're not in our neighborhood by accident. We, we don't have the workplace or the classroom that God has placed us in. This is not accidental. These aren't just random events or locations, but Rather, God has sent us there for a specific purpose, that we are to work for the good of the city, that we're to labor on its behalf, to pray to the Lord for its welfare. And then he says, and as it prospers, you will also prosper. And so that's what we have done. We, we want these things to be true of how we orient our faith and our mission in life. And so we've come up with a few initiatives that, that we've gone after over the last few years to care for our parish, to be a voice for the voiceless, to communicate outlandish love where we can. That's what we've been going after, and that's what we celebrate today. And as we wrap up this two-year campaign, I want to focus on a verse, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 11. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and this is what he is telling them. And we're going to focus on this, so you can just have, if you have your Bibles, open them up, look at them, because we're going to unpack this passage. But Paul writes this, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're going to unpack this for a moment. 
The first thing you see in that first line is that there is a call that God has placed on us. And the call that he has given us is a bit of a challenge. It's, it's going to be a stretch for us. It's not something easy to do. It's not something that we just naturally fall into. And the reason why I know it's going to be a stretch and a challenge is because if it was easy, Paul wouldn't take the time to pray that they would be worthy of living up to that call. Does that make sense? So, so Paul's saying there's going to be a challenge in this. Paul's praying that, that, that we would be worthy of this call. And then he specifically is praying that God would enable us to live a life worthy of the call. That we need God's help in order to fulfill the call. We need his strength. We need his empowerment. And what you need to know is God, meanwhile, is saying, I want to pump you up, okay? God has all of the strength. God has all the power. God's the one who enables us to live the life worthy of his call. And so God has been preparing us, and he has been training us, getting our hearts strong and our minds fit, toning our compassion, trimming the fat of our judgment and our apathy so that we could have six-pack morals, right? So that, so that we would be able to flex theology. No, no, it's not about how we would look or how we might posture. It's specifically so that we could actually do stuff, right? That we could actually accomplish things. In fact, that's what the verse says, that, that we would have the power to accomplish things. What things? The good things that our faith prompts us to do. And our faith has been prompted over these last couple of years to care for our parish, to bless the city that God has planted us in. And then I want you to look at the result of this. The result of this is that the name of Jesus will be honored. That Jesus is going to be honored. He's going to be lifted high by the way that we live, by the way that we care, by the way that we listen, by the way that we engage. Jesus will be honored, and the Bible says, and so will we. And then I want you to look at the last reminder. It's on the last line there. All of this is possible because of grace. The grace of God as he enables us, as he empowers us. It's the grace of Jesus as he forgives us and he cleanses us and he makes us new. In other words, it's all grace, which means it's all a gift. All the good stuff poured out over us, all the good things that we get to participate in, it's all a gift from God. And you see, this brings me to a bit of a false dichotomy that I come in contact with from time to time. And maybe you've experienced this as well. And it's, it's this challenge. Which one's more important? Is Jesus more interested in the work within me? Or is Jesus more interested in the work in the world? It's a false dichotomy. These two questions are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they're just mutual. Jesus cares about the work within me, and Jesus cares about the work in the world. The answer is yes, he cares about both of these things. If only there were a verse that talked about both of these things in the same sentence. We found it. Actually, there's many verses in Scripture that talk about this. But let me just point you to one. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. And it says this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus... So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. All right, again, let's unpack this just a little bit. You are God's masterpiece. 
You are more beautiful than a Mona Lisa. You are more stately than a Sistine Chapel. You're more breathtaking than Van Gogh's Starry Night. By the way, I don't know if you saw some headlines this week, but recently, just this week, they discovered a, a lost masterpiece in an attic in a French farmhouse. They, they were doing some roofing, and they had to take a wall out, and behind this wall, they found uh, the masterpiece. Judith Beheads Holofrenes is the name of this masterpiece. Uh, how wonderful would that be it's on your bedroom wall, just above your bed, you know? I just want to say, Overlake, you are more beautiful than that masterpiece and less gruesome. But you, you just need to realize that you are God's masterpiece. And in fact, what Paul writes here is he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's saying, we are God's masterpiece. He's talking to the church. The church is God's masterpiece. So you look around and look at the masterpiece all around you. The strokes of God's artistry surround you right now. That we together are God's masterpiece. That we together are created anew in Christ Jesus. You see, he cares about the work within us. So he is the one who has been at work within us, creating us anew in him. That's the work that Jesus Christ accomplishes. So yes, he cares about the work within you. But then there's this little word in that scripture, and I want you to circle it. It's the word so. So, right? So yes, God is interested in the work within you. You're his masterpiece. Jesus creating you anew in him. He's he concerned about the work within you. So, see, there's a so what? There's a so that, and it's so that we can do the good stuff that he has prepared in advance for us to do. We can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. So you need to see that it's both and. He's interested in the work within us, and he's interested in the work in the world. And, and in order to get things done, you need to not only have a vision for the good things that God wants to get done, but you need to take action. Here's a, a quote for you from Joel Barker. Vision without action is merely a dream. Action without vision just passes the time. Vision with action can change the world. And friends, over these last few years, we've taken action on the vision that Jesus has given us to bless our city, to care for our parish. We know from Isaiah 58 that a city is truly blessed when we value the most broken in our city because they're the ones that Jesus loves and blesses. And that's why the church must always have a value for the addict or the voiceless or the most broken among the broken because they are foundational for Jesus. And so our commitment has been to be a voice for the voiceless. And when we pursue these things that the Lord values, look what happens. Isaiah 61.6 says, And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. Would you circle the word priests, ministers? See, this is what we've been talking about. That as we want to care for our parishes, we step into these roles as priests. Now, one of the things that a priest does is a priest represents God to people. So a priest comes seeking to communicate the love and the care and the blessing of God to people. And then in the Old Testament, a priest also represents people to God. 
So praise for, on behalf of, lifting up the needs of the people to God. And of course, the greatest example we have of a priest is Jesus himself, our perfect high priest, who perfectly represented God to us. The Bible says that Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. He was perfectly, you know, incarnating who God is. And then Jesus, of course, perfectly represents us to the Father. He's the one who stands and he mediates for us, right? Covering us with his grace, covering us with his love. So it's because of Jesus that we have this perfect picture of what a priest looks like and we follow in his footsteps. This is motivational for us. And as we follow him, look at this. 1 Peter 2, 9, it gives us this picture. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, some of us, when you think of priest, you think of collars, or you think of cool hats, or you think of a special kind of car that you drive. But friends, when we're talking about priests in this context, it's just us. It's just who we are. It's just us showing up. No gimmicks, no tricks, but seeking to walk authentically and bravely and kindly into our community. And more and more of you have been stepping into this role. And, and it's changed the way you engage with your parish. It's changed the way that you just go to the coffee shop. It's changed the way that you enter into your kids' sporting events. It's changed the way that you have conversations around the water cooler in your workspace. You see, we're engaged and we're listening and we're asking, God, what is it that you would have for this conversation? How can I bless these people that I'm talking with right now? And, and we follow his leading in those moments. Because, friends, there's a message that benevolence brings that kindness brings, that caring brings, that compassion brings. It all brings glory to God. Jesus gets honored in all of this. And in addition, along the way, we've talked about the second half of that verse in Jeremiah 29, 7, which says, As the city prospers, you will prosper. In the welfare of the city is your welfare. That we're, we're linked together, that we're tied together. And so the more we operate in terms of blessing our city, the more we operate out of a posture of caring for our parish, look what happens, Isaiah 61, 7. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. Could you circle that? You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land. You could circle that. And everlasting joy will be yours. You can circle that. See, I want you to, to look at those words you just circled, double share, double portion, everlasting joy. Do you want those things? Because I want those things for you. I want those things for you. And not only for you, I want them for everyone who lives in our community. I, I pray these over you, and I pray them over my parish, and I pray them over the region. I want all of these things for us because, because this is the invitation that Jesus offers, stepping in to the fullness of life, the fullness of the vitality of our faith when we're actually operating on this plane, in this posture, all the time. 
And so let me just make this a little personally, right? And, and I want to ask these questions rhetorically. But over the last two years that we've been highlighting Blessing My City, that we've been challenging you to get engaged, to care for your community, how has this vision impacted your life? How has this vision changed the way that you operate with your community? How has Blessing My City changed your life group? The conversations you have around that group life. You see, my, my prayer is that all of us could look and see, oh, this has changed us as we've waded in to blessing my city, as we've taken the baton and we've run this race. It has impacted and changed who I am and how I respond to God in my world. Let me tell you a story about some of the ways that Blessing My City has changed us as a church. And like any story, it starts out once upon a time, specifically March of 2014, we introduced the two-year Blessing My City campaign at Overlake Christian Church. In April of 2014, we were able to launch our young adults ministries on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. And that has changed the way that we care for young adults in our community. In May of 2014, we were able to extend outlandish love for Pastor Rick Danner in the Rainier Valley by providing a roof for New Light Christian Church. In May of 2014, we expanded the capacity of special delivery ministry in Woodenville. We were able to add two bedrooms in the main house, create a new staff living quarters, and refurbish an abandoned storage cottage for weekend staff use as well as for foster care, representing roughly a 40% expansion of our property and ministry functionality. In summer of 2014, we launched a summer serve initiative for Overlakers to serve in their parish. In October of 2014, we established Ruth Graham Counseling at Overlake to support foster adoptive families and caregivers. In February of 2015, we were excited to begin parish pastor training at Overlake. In April of 2015, we had an opportunity to express outlandish love for Pastor Tim Gatos launching Seattle Church in South Seattle. In June of that same year, we saw 8,000 people at Overlake for a Bring a Friend Sunday with Nick Wojcic. This was the weekend where there was no parking at Overlake or at Willows Run Golf Course. They love that. In summer of 2015, we birthed the summer block parties to bring neighborhoods together as a fun and delicious way for Overlakers to care for their parish. In July of 2015, we installed sound system here to improve sacred space in the worship center, which fills the room with gorgeous music, but also allows for a whisper to carry weight. In August of 2015, we celebrated the first commissioning of OCC parish pastors, and we're actively looking for the next class of parish pastors in order to be trained and commissioned this fall. In September of 2015, we expanded capacity at Eastside Academy, and I want to again plug the Eastside Academy 5K that's happening this coming Saturday on the 23rd. That information's in your handout, but again, over like it comes with a challenge. We need to be moving, and we need to support this cause. So go ahead and get signed up for that. In December of 2015, we launched Safe Parking Ministry in the East Parking Lot at Overlake, which is how God is leading us to care for the transitional housing needs in our community. 
In January of 2016, we poured outlandish love out for Pastor Jake Goethe as he steps into a new church planting role in Bothell. And we've heard from Jake recently that he's already formed his launch team. They're having vision meetings already, and almost all the leaders are from our OCC family. Friends, this is going to be such a healthy church plant. In February of 2016, we showed outlandish love for Leona at Rags to Riches in Redmond following an overt racial targeting. In April of 2016, we began constructing a roasting room for street bean espresso at OCC to train job skills for homeless youth as well as Eastside Academy students. Now, at this point, I want to pause and just say, can we celebrate all of the good things that God has been doing through us the last two years? Yeah, absolutely. I love bragging on God. It's so fun. So much fun. And, and I want you to understand that, that we haven't even gotten into a lot of the specifics about the, the truly exciting work, about how so many of you are investing in your neighborhood, how you're uniquely caring for your community, how you are bringing this idea of being a minister into your workplace, that you are more and more and more living out your role as a pastor and a priest in the parish that God has placed you in. You see, what I have discovered is this has not only been a two-year vision focus. For us, what I have seen is it's actually changed the identity of who we are as a church. That this is now who we are. This is how we care. This is how we want to invest in the communities that God has placed us in. And it's so exciting to be on the journey with you. So many of you really are honestly saying, Jesus... I want to live my life as your masterpiece. I know I've been created anew in you by your grace, by your forgiveness, by your cleansing, by your enabling, by your strength pouring into me. And I want to do, I want to accomplish all the good things that you are prompting me to do in faith. Friends, when you get into that position, it's an incredibly exciting thing as you recognize that the whole thing is grace. The whole thing is because of the goodness of our Father, God. In fact, I want you to look at this verse. The psalmist writes, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Right now, I want you to watch a video from one of our parish pastors named Nancy. She's one of my heroes. And, and she's going to be the call for us to worship and to allow our hearts to burst out in songs of joy. Go ahead and watch this. I always had a comforting inner voice that protected me and told me I was okay. I learned that the voice was the Holy Spirit. And I would ask him to tell me things. And it, it became a challenge for me. It gave me focus. It also gave me a reason to live. It gave me a reason to be happy. The Holy Spirit told me that I don't need to know anything. I don't need to be trained. I don't need to be superhuman. I don't even need to know the words. All I need to do is obey. So I started a singles group here, and we went to Taco Time every Sunday. So that's when my Taco Time ministry started. When I'm at Taco Time, 
a lot of people want to talk, and I invite them to the table. And we have, it's the same table all the time. And I usually ask them if I can pray with them. And so I usually tell them, like, when I, as I pray, that this table is safe. And at this table, you can say whatever you want. You won't be judged. This table is for relaxing. It's for peace. And then I tell them, I invite them to come to church and tell them where I sit. And I said, this is my name, and I've got colored hair. So obviously, if you ask anybody, they'll be able to tell you where I sit. Well, I call this my Christian Disneyland because that's the life I'm leading. And the only way you can have a Christian Disneyland is to look crazy and silly. And silly attracts problems. If you have a problem, you're more apt to go to somebody who has purple or green or pink or blue hair. And I decorated my car because I wanted people to know where I was if they ever needed to talk. But I encourage people to get involved. And I think if you keep it to yourself, and if you don't get involved, you stay where you are. My name is Nancy, and I love blessing my city. So let's stand together and respond together. We're challenged by Nancy's story that we would live that same life, saying, God, would you have everything? Here we are, would you use us? So let's sing this, let's pray this, take these hands.
right. All right. Well, go ahead and grab a seat. I, I just have to tell you, Nancy always wows me. She's amazing. She's a, a great representative of what that parish pastor idea looks like. Someone who uh, would enter into the community, would enter into the parish, and, and then exist for the blessing, and, and to care for, and to serve, and to listen to, and to pray for. And it's just a great, great thing. So I love being on the journey with you. I love celebrating all the good stuff that God has done. Now, there are a couple of other things that I want to say still to come, because we, we have have not yet absolutely finished all the things that we feel God's prompting us to go after in blessing my city. So let me just tell you a few things yet to come. In summer of 2016, we're going to launch our state-licensed Kidtown Child Care. And the idea is that we would care for the needs of our community and uh, specifically those um, with young kids who, who need child care during the day. Summer of 2016, we're also going to begin construction of our Kidtown Park, and we're very excited about this. This has been a dream of my heart for many years here at Overlake, but this is one of those things where depending on how strong we finish financially, that will determine how awesome we can make this park end up. And my prayer is that we can make it Disneyland awesome, okay? But that's, uh, that's between, you know, you and the Lord. Okay. <laughs> Uh, summer of 2016, it, we want to begin the construction of the Central Cafe, which is going to take place near the Kidtown Park. And I just want you to see how these three ideas go together, that there'll be a daycare for parents with young kids to drop off. There'll be a cafe that'll be right there. And then also a, a Kidtown Park available for young kids to play in. So it becomes a safe place for uh, parents of young kids to connect, to actually have a, you know, a dry, warm, safe place for their kids to play, and then for them to have some good interaction. We want to bless all that uh, and use it for ministry. The fall of 2016, we want to improve our middle school ministry space at Overlake. And this is one of those things, we have seen God do an incredible work through our student ministries over the last several years, we want to continue to build on that momentum. But friends, I do want to let you know that in order for us to finish strong, it is going to take all of us, that we'll all need to stretch just a little bit to reach beyond our comfort zone and to sacrifice in order to accomplish what God's prompting us to do as a church. Now, if you had an opportunity to read the Blessing My City email letter that we sent out a few weeks ago, you'll know and celebrate with me that Overlake, we're about at 85% of our commitments made that we have seen uh, come in so far. So that's an incredible reality, 85% of the way home. And we're on trajectory. I'm very, very hopeful that we'll end up hitting 100%. So I'm saying that in faith, but I'm very, very excited about how we have responded over these last couple of years. But I do want to speak to a couple of different groups as we wrap this up. The, the first is, I want to speak to the group of folks that Overlake is your church home. This is where you come. This, you love being on the journey with Jesus here. But you joined us since we launched the, the Blessing My City campaign two years ago. So if that's you, I just would encourage you to use the envelope that's in your handout that, uh, that you would join us. This is a great way to help us finish these initiatives that God has, has put on our plate. 
The second group that I'd like to speak to are the group that this is your church home. Maybe you've been here for a long, long time, but you actually haven't uh, begun to worship the Lord at all through the giving of gifts or tithes, that, that your financial generosity isn't even a part of your worship experience. For you, I would challenge you. I would say this would actually be a great way to jump in. We're going to extend the 2016, uh, excuse me, the Blessing My City uh, giving through the rest of 2016. So it's a great way to jump in and just test the Lord in this. See as you give through the end of this year how it might be that God blesses you. Now, there's another group. It's quite a large group of American Christians, and, and they're the group that gives when it's convenient, when maybe there's a little extra money, uh, you, you know, when, when, when it, you just feel like it. And if that's you, and I know that probably represents several of you here, uh, then I would just encourage you, maybe what you do is take a step of faith for the remainder of 2016 and get on automatic giving. That for you, you just take a step up in priority, that you just say, Lord, I'm actually going to make this a part of my regular giving through the end of the year, and just see how it is that God answers your need in that season. And then there's the last group, and, and this is the group that already gives regularly, you already give generously, you already give sacrificially. And, and for you, I would say maybe there's one or two of these initiatives that really does stir your heart, that you get excited about. And if that's you, I would just encourage you to give and, and, and just maybe even talk to me or talk to one of our pastors or elders about how you can get more invested in that thing that God is prompting you toward. I do want to say to that last group that that's the group, the, the group that's already giving regularly, that, that might give sacrificially or significantly beyond a regular gift, that I, I'm honored to be on the journey with you. That's the group that my wife Jody and I are in, and, and, and honestly, I have no regrets for being a, a committed and a generous giver at Overlake Christian Church. So I, I would encourage you to, to join us there. Right now, what I want to do is I want you to go ahead and get your connection card and this envelope out of your handout. We're going to prepare to receive the offering today. And as Sacha mentioned earlier, the connection card is a way that we want to be able to care for every family that comes to Overlake. And so if, if you would, finish filling that out. If you have prayer requests, put that on there. You'll notice some of the action items and go ahead and check any that are appropriate. You can drop this in the offering bucket. And then if... As I've talked about Blessing My City and you recognize that, that you'd like to be a part of that in a greater way, go ahead and fill this envelope out. And again, you can keep this, mail it in, or you can drop it in the bucket as it's passed. One of the things that we have launched at Overlake, we did this in the fall, is we launched the text to give option of giving. And we've actually seen quite a number of you join in participating in giving through that text to give avenue. So if that's something that feels a little more intuitive or it lands in your lifestyle a little bit better, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, we have online options as well, which is, is how uh, the Howertons do it. And... Um, so I would just encourage you to, to participate however it is that God's prompting you. Lastly, I want to say that as a staff, specifically as a pastor, our elders have gotten the question, well, now that you're sort of wrapping up Blessing My City, where is it that we're going next? What's, what's the next hill that we're going to go after? And a couple of things. The first I want to let you know is that Overlake exists, and, and we have, I mean, since God brought me here and the journey of my leadership over these last 12 years, God has made it real clear that we exist for three purposes, that we want to love God, we want to love people, and we want to serve the world. These are not going to change. 
This is who we are. This is how we want to express not only what it is that God is calling us to, but we want to experience the Lord through the fulfilling of these three purposes. We want to be the people who love God, first in terms of priority, first in terms of response. We want to love people well, and blessing my city falls right in line with that. And then we want to serve the world, both at home and then internationally. So that's, that's not going to change. But for 2016, and you've probably heard me say this, that we have talked about how this is the year of connection, that we believe connection is everything. So we're working behind the scenes right now to increase the amount of connection, connection that we can make with our community, connection we can make with one another, even in this room right here, as we start to break up the sections, we try to figure out how do we do relationship and connection better, even when we're at church. Connection with our life groups, and so we'll talk about how do we get more and more folks just kind of falling in. You come in and slip, and you're in a life group. Like, that's, that's how we want it to be that easy and intuitive. And then the fourth way is we want to connect with those who, who attend, the, the attenders who come maybe as a first-time guest, as somebody who comes and, and checks out Overlake. We want to f- connect and, and figure out what are the best, most intuitive ways that we can make those connections. So that's what's coming on the immediate horizon. Right now what I want to do is I want to ask you to bow your heads and let me pray a blessing over you as we seek to bless our city. The blessing comes from 2 Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. These are the words of the Apostle Paul who says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and wonderful hope, Comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. Jesus, we want to thank you. Thank you that you love us, that you grace us. Thank you that you have purchased an eternal comfort and peace for us. And right now, Lord Jesus, we ask that you would grace us with your strength, that you would grace us with your courage. You would grace us with a sense of your presence as we seek to bless the city that you've placed us in. We love you, Lord. And at the end of the day, what we want more than anything else is for your name to be honored, for you to receive all the glory and the honor and praise. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Ushers, why don't you come and let's continue to worship Jesus. As we come to a joyful conclusion of the Blessing My City campaign, it's natural to ask, what's next for Overlake Christian Church? Well, for sure, what we're going to do is we're going to continue to pursue the purposes that God has called us to. We're going to continue to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We're going to love God both corporately here as we worship Him, and we're going to love God in everything that we do throughout our week. We're also going to continue to love people. We're going to do that through our caring ministries. We're going to do that through our student ministries and our children's ministries. We're going to do that through our life groups. We're going to do that in our parishes. And we are going to continue to serve the world. We're going to serve the needs of our community both here in our backyard as well as with our ministry partners all around this planet. In addition, this year, the year of 2016, we're calling the Year of Connection. And you've heard me say connection is everything. So I want to encourage you, connect into a life group. 
get connected into a ministry. Continue to connect with your community because we want to connect as many people as possible to Overlake and what God is doing here. I am so excited to be on this faith journey with you. God bless you as you continue to bless your city.